Hello and welcome to another week's episode of Cowboys Takeover. I am your host, Jason, and with me, as always, my illustrious, my illuminous, if I can say that, co-host, Aaron James. Aaron, how you doing today, sir? Jason, doing good, man. Pumped for today's episode. Yeah, I'm excited, too. I like our rivalry roundup segment. Hey, I got it out. Did you hear that one? That was a good one. <laughs> that was pretty good. Your, like that your best one for sure. But uh, yeah, it's always good. Kind of knowing your competition. Um, something that we, you know, as fans, you kind of, you, you see them all. So it, it's nice to kind of get some other perspective outside of just our own, you know, cowboy thoughts. Um, and today's guest host is a, he's a faithful one. Some would say mm. from the Bay to the Bay. I don't know what they say. Hey, 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 I rhymed all that. But his name is Chris. Chris DeFrancisco. How you doing today, bud? Hey, what's going on, boys? Uh, thank you very much for having me. This is an honor. Oh, well, we 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 definitely appreciate you coming on. Um, mm-hmm. so like us, just give us a little background. I know kind of going off script here. Me and Aaron, we're both kind of mm-hmm. not Texas, and we're Cowboys fans. You're mm-hmm. from the East Coast. How how, how mm-hmm. is it that you're a San Fran fan? So 1992, so if that doesn't give away my age to the audience here. So 1992, uh, I was about to turn six. And I remember, I think it might have been week seven or eight of the NFL season. I'll have to double check. But the 49ers were on Fox and they were playing the New Orleans Saints. And I'm pretty sure they won like 41 to 14. Uh, and I think Steve Young hit Rice for like two touchdowns, might even been three. Um, and at that time, I didn't really watch a lot of football. Like my my dad doesn't or didn't never really did push me to like Philadelphia sports. And I'm I'm grateful that he did that. Uh, and I just I remember watching them on TV. I was like, geez, man, this is this this team's incredible. They're 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 a lot of fun to watch. Uh, and I was also, and also what kind of started it, a lot of people think it was just Jerry Rice that started my fandom. You know, he's my favorite football player of all time. But what really got me hooked to San Fran at that time was I'm left-handed. Steve Young was a lefty. And you didn't see it that often in, in you know, back then, a lefty quarterback, especially a good one if at that. So, yeah, pretty much in 1992, I saw uh, the Niners on TV. It was probably the first football game I actually sat down and watched versus the New Orleans Saints. Um, then it was young to rice. And, um, ever since then, I mean, I, I obviously I grew up, I, I like the Eagles. Uh, geez. I mean, my family's had season tickets since 94. I've probably been to at least 85 to, to hundred Eagles games. Um, and you know, it's just, you know, just like football is able to go to a lot of games, but overall I've always paid attention to the 49ers always love them. Um, yeah. So that's awesome how it, 30, yeah. 32 years. And that's, you can tell just by you that story that that's pretty, you know, ingrained in there. So that's amazing. That's a great story. Yeah. There's um, no, there's nothing more beautiful than a spiral from a lefty. Yeah, man, it's, it's incredible. You always hear the story of, you know, everyone used to think that Jerry Rice didn't like Steve Young. It never was that. It was a fact that Rice couldn't catch a lefty throwing football. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, he had to stay after practice. I think they said like 
27 consecutive days and caught a thousand passes a day from the um the quarterback's coach who was a lefty. It was um, I think his name was Matt Walsh. So he would literally just throw routes at to Jerry Rice every single day before and after practice. So Rice could get used to the rotation of a lefty. Um, and it's just it's crazy. And you're right, there's nothing like watching. Like, I, I can't stand – I think Michael Vick is one of the most overrated football players in the history of the game. But, dude, when he unleashed a spiral, it was so cool to watch. Um, but, yeah. yeah, sorry, I got away there. Well, one of my favorite lefty spirals is Mark Brunel is on my list for lefty oh, spirals. I love Brunel. Love Brunel. I love Brunel. I used to love – I had his jersey because I used to love when he had Jimmy Smith and Keenan McArdle and then Fred Taylor came on. Um, yeah, Brunel was a stud because he was almost like a carbon copy of Steve Young. Yeah, I wonder what the over-under was of us talking about Mark Brunel on this episode. So whoever plays <laughs> again, that Again, bet. it shows our age. That's a plus. That was <laughs> yeah. probably a plus 10,000 to get hit. You yeah, know I know, me. right? Might even be more than that, dude. Um, before we dive into the next topic, I just have one comment to make. Um, there is a receiver that wouldn't need to learn how to catch the ball. Then his name is Randy Moss because he doesn't he knows how to catch a football, unlike apparently Jerry Rice from left handed quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. But I digress. That's right. Um, mm-hmm. How many Super um, Bowls does he have? Zero. <laughs> but it, 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 we're there. Um, so kind of question me, me and Aaron have talked a lot about. Um, mm-hmm. And, and it, it seems a great topic for you because you're San Francisco 49ers. I believe it was mm-hmm. it their first pick in the draft this year. I know it was definitely a third round pick. Took a kicker. Yeah. So, your thoughts? Me and Aaron <laughs> had a little bit of different different ideas. If you're ta- would you take mm-hmm. a kicker punter? Are you, what is the highest round you would draft one in? Me personally, the sixth, probably the sixth round. What I would draft a kicker. Um, that is not what the majority of us 49er fans thought they were going to do. We thought hands down, they were probably going to go offensive line in the third round. Uh, we really thought either that or a tight end. Um, uh, but to go for a kicker. I mean, I understand they said he's probably the best kicker to come out of the draft. So that's great. You got to draft to the best kicker of the draft <laughs> in the fifth or sixth round. Um, I don't understand it. And that was that thing you waited all that time and you knew that you're going to be drafting in the third round and you come up with a kicker. Um, I understand you just lost uh, Robbie Gould, who is a playoff study. I don't think he, you know, as a 49er, I don't think he's missed a playoff. uh, I mean, I don't think he's missed a kick in the postseason. However, I do know that during the regular season, he doesn't do he didn't do kickoffs and he was really struggling during the regular season um, and they really needed a new kicker. And I know they went out in the offseason and got one. Um, I just don't understand why you go into the third round of this draft when you have obvious needs on offense. You need an, They need an edge rusher. Uh, uh, and then you go and you get a kicker. I don't know. It, it's really hard. It's hard for me to question what Kyle Shanahan and company do because they are just so so skilled at building a complete roster. So – they know way more than I do. Um, but on the surface, I really just, I, I don't care who it would have been from what school. I just really want them to take an offensive lineman at that spot. Coming from our side, 
um, I was your don't draft one. You know, I think Vinatieri and um, the Baltimore kicker Tucker were undrafted, and they're the two greatest ever. But coming from the mm-hmm. Dallas side, after watching our games against Tampa Bay, um, and then that roll over into San Fran, uh, missing some mm-hmm. field goal kicks. If you had told me he'd have made all of his extra points and field goals, I think I might have drafted him in the first round. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely going to help. <laughs> Am I right, Aaron? That was That's... tough to watch. Oh, very tough to watch. Um, but in when I was when Jason and I were talking about drafting a kicker, my points were a, a how much draft capital do you have? Right. If you have, I mean, we had we were, I think, we're the only team with a draft pick in every round. You know, that's 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 a pretty good uh, way to go into the draft. Niners didn't have their first pick until the third round. Um, so that was, you know, a head scratcher. But also, they have their starters. They have a stud, you know, a stud, uh, you know, base team that's already stacked. So I think they're, it's just mm-hmm. confidence in who they have already. Yeah. And, and my, you know, my last comment I'll make on, on this is Howie Roseman has gotten a lot of praise, but I think John Lynch has gone under appreciated and under, under recognized in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, I think that's a great, a great point by you. Um, I think Howie Roseman gets a lot of praise. He should. Uh, I mean, my goodness, it's almost maddening uh, to see how almost everything that that they do works out for them. Um, and but still, uh, John Lynch did a great job in this draft outside of that kicker. Um, I mean, their first pick was the the um, the safety out of Penn State. He went 87th overall, and the 99th overall was Jake Moody. Um, and then they got Cameron late. Uh, was it Latu Latu from Alabama? Um, at 101, which I thought was a pretty good pick. Um, and then they went into needs. They got a corner out of uh, South Alabama. Uh, then they got Robert Beal Jr., who I liked, the defensive lineman out of Georgia. They got him uh, in the fifth pick. I'm surprised the Eagles didn't get him because, you know, he's Georgia. So that was, <laughs> yeah. was shocking. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree with you. John Lynch has done a tremendous job. Um, I think – it's going to start being a problem after this season. I'm sure we'll talk about that, but uh, I agree with you. John Lynch has, and, and Shanahan and company have done a great job, but it's almost as if no matter who they draft, they find what they do well and they put them in that best position to succeed. And it's, that's a really difficult thing to do in the modern day NFL because turnover um, is so, so often and so quick in the league these days that, you know, to, it's almost, you know, the, the Niners are really good at when they make a draft pick, be prepared to play and be prepared to play often. Also, because they're the most injured team in the league every single year. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that's not a here nor there. <laughs> hey, so before we head to our next topic, we just got to, you know, do a couple shout outs. We just need to let everybody know that this episode is brought to you by Ohio Pixie Tangerines. Oh, hi, Pixie Tangerines. They're seedless. They are sweet. Easy to peel and grown in California. Farmed to table by small local farmers like Monta Vista Ranch, Ojai. In season now through June. So hurry to your local specialty grocer like Trader Joe's and grab enough to share. Man, Chris, is 
is there anything better than a nice tangerine? Because oh to goodness, me, no, no. you get them. And I've said this many times, and people are, I might be insane, but orange is a little bit bigger. Tangerine's a little bit smaller. So a little more bite size. And to me, if it's bite size, that's plentiful, right? I feel like you can have as many as you want at that point. And do I'll tell you this right now. And the fact that they're seedless makes it that much better. And I will eat anybody under the table of tangerines. You give me a bag of tangerines, man. <laughs> I'll eat them. I'll eat so many. <laughs> it'll get to the point where I'll have a sore in the inside of my mouth from the acid from tangerines. <laughs> and I will literally just eat anybody under the table uh, from those. Um, so, yeah, um, if they're at my local Trader Joe's, man, I'm going to support uh, the sponsor of this show, and I'm going to head over there and buy all of them. <laughs> awesome. Well, let's dive in to the main part of this sh- today's show, where we're going to be going over the schedule of the 49ers. Chris is going to be giving us his uh, wins and losses. You know What's special about doing this with the 49ers uh, faithful is that you got yeah. You got Niners, Cowboys, Eagles as mm-hmm. top-ranking teams in the NFL. More than likely than not, one of those three teams is going to come away with the number one, number two seed in the conference. Mm-hmm. We already ran through Cowboys, Eagles. Um, I'm not going to reveal what Caesar Sportsbook has projected for the Niners just yet. I want to see how uh, Chris's confidence reigns through the schedule. And before we dive into week one, I do want to just point out to the, the listeners, if you forgot, the 49ers lost to the Bears, the Broncos, the Falcons, <laughs> and the yeah. Chiefs last year. So That's what happens wanna... when, when Brock Purdy's not your quarterback yet. <laughs> <laughs> so when you want to talk about trap games, you know, let, let's yeah. see, let's see if Chris has any um in his back pocket here that he's willing to show. So mm-hmm. week week one, Niners have a one o'clock game September 10th mm-hmm. against the, uh they go to the East Coast actually to Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh what what do you got for game one coming to the East Coast? Always the you mm-hmm. know always a challenge for West Coast teams for one o'clock games. What do you how do you see that mm-hmm. falling? Oh I have them starting the season off with a win. Um I, I think I think uh I do think Pittsburgh is going to be an improved team. I think they're going to be better than they were um last season, not by much, but I, I think they're definitely on that way. Um the Steelers aren't a franchise that, you know, hang down low for a long period of time. Um but yeah, I think it, that I think that first week is is going to be a win. Um because at that point the Niners should be pretty healthy. <laughs> week one hopefully <laughs> but yeah um i don't care who their quarterback is at that point i think that's a win all yeah. right now now the week one meltdown with the bears just a reminder it was there's a mon- monsoon just a, a downpour like no other if you fall to the ground you're sliding forward five yards uh, <laughs> yes <laughs> that that game but so hopefully weather checks out mm-hmm. for the for the tenth. so that let's go to week two we got niners going to LA mm-hmm. to play the Rams. And just like that, you know, it's a rivalry game. Um, I don't think it's going to be as much of the rivalry anymore because the Rams are, you know, they've kind of fallen apart lately. So it's not, but it's always a good time 
And the reason why I enjoy watching the Niners at the Rams is because uh, it's SoFi Stadium, right? Is that the name of the stadium yeah. in LA? It, it's it's a legitimate home game for the Niners. The, so for rad. some reason, so that stadium <laughs> allows Niner fans to 100% take over that stadium. So um, I have the Niners going 2-0 uh, at this point right here. So I'm going to go um, with a win. All right. I think these sound like softballs because of the way I'm I'm portraying the matchups to be. So, Jason, why don't you take over week three? <laughs> Let's get Chris off off balance here. I don't know if I don't even know if I can make this one a hardball pitch here. I don't <laughs> even know how many they're looking at their schedule. Like I texted Jason. It's like I know they should get 11 wins by accident. Like looking at the schedule, I think even the, so the next two, we can just go next to because I, I, I believe I think we all agree here. You, you know, your New York Giants, however much improved last year they were, I don't think they'll be again. And Arizona's Arizona. Both of those mm-hmm. games, how do you see that? I, I think they're both wins. I really do. I I mean, they, that's their home opener against the New York Giants. The Giants got to go all, all the way on a short week. Had to go play on a Thursday night um, in San Francisco on their home opener. I mean, I, I, I think the Giants are or an okay team, but that defense, I assume for a, a, a giants team that literally cannot protect Daniel Jones. If they were all promised, you know, guaranteed contracts for the rest of their life, they can't protect that guy. I just can't see how the giants can, can stop that defense from just absolutely destroying Daniel Jones and company. Yeah. I, the $40 million man. I, I agree with you. I just can't <laughs> see either one of those games. So to, to yeah, me, yeah. With, with with San Fran starting out four zero, I think um, it's pretty. That's pretty close to what we had with that Dallas and Eagles going. Um, going into Week Five at four zero, to me, mm-hmm. you know, talking with Aaron last week, going over the schedule for Dallas, this was one of those key games. Um, mm-hmm. And as tough as it was for, I think both of us to look at the schedule and say, "Man, the first kind of crucial game for Dallas." I think we both had Dallas losing. Um, more out of respect for San Fran, Dallas is traveling out there. Um, but with the with like Aaron said, your top three teams in the division are probably going to be, you know, Dallas, Eagles, San Fran. This this game is, is a crucial, pivotal game of the season. How do you see? I'm assuming mm-hmm. you're going to see it the same way we do because you're a San Fran fan. But it, is that kind of how you see that one playing out as well? I think you know me a little bit better than that, Jay. Just because it, I'm a San Fran fan doesn't mean I'm a homer. Um, if you guys don't believe that, that, you know, that I'm not a homer, listen to our ring the bell podcast, right? <laughs> I shred the Phillies on a weekly basis. Uh, so, um, I have this as a loss for the Niners. Um, oh. I think they're going to be, they're, they're going to be four and oh, and I think they're going to handle the first four games really well. And by that, I mean, I can see them blowing out at least two of the first four games. And I think that, you know, at least the previous two against the Cardinals and the Giants, I see the, the, in my head, I can imagine them winning those, both those games by at least 14 points. Um, so I think when you, when you come off that high of back to back blowouts at home, I, I would believe, I think Dallas will come in there and beat them. I really do. I think it's one of those, I don't want to say a letdown or maybe even a trap game like Aaron said in the beginning. 
but I don't even consider the Cowboys a trap game because they, I mean, you know, the, the, it's not like the Niners when they play the Dallas Cowboys, they blow out the Cowboys. It doesn't work like that. These two play each other so well. It's my favorite rivalry in football. I'm so happy that it's it's almost it's it's back to where it used to be, or at least you know it's never going to be back to what it was. I mean, when they used to have a rivalry, there was like 45 Hall of Famers on the and field. It was also line, but... it was also in the <laughs> NFC Championship game every time too. <laughs> yeah, so um, I, I'm I think this is the game where the Niners suffer their first loss because I, I think that the Cowboys are going to come in with guns blazing and like, let's knock this team off their perch. You know, they're four and at this point at home. I, I see that being there and not, not because I'm on a, on a Cowboys podcast. I'd love to come on here and say, <laughs> yeah, Niners win by 30, but that's, I don't, I don't think that's something that's going to happen. So um, I'm happy that I'm the first person to come on here and actually say that the Cowboys <laughs> win this game because I really, truly think when I saw the schedule and I saw the first four games and then I saw week five was going to was going to be um, a Sunday night game against Dallas. I'm like, yeah, that's going to be I think that's an L. I kind of man, that's so tough, too, because to me. It's, it's funny. It reminds me something that 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 Dean said about the other one. I don't want. I don't want to beat them in the regular season. Yeah, I'd rather it to me if I'm going to beat now. It sounds really dumb, but if I if I want San Fran next, I want to play them in the playoffs and knock them out of the playoffs. Right, like yeah. I, this regular season game yeah. here, and that's it's not like we won it, but it's not like yeah, we don't need to have it. I, I want them in the playoffs, right? That's kind of where you have that feeling as well. Well, I think this is so early in the season now. If this was like week fifteen. It's like, okay, well, let's just it's a feeler game. It doesn't matter, mm-hmm. you know, win or lose. Hopefully by that that by that time everything's already fallen into place. When you know then, you know, week 15, hey, we might have to face them, you know, a month from now. Uh, if it's that close, but this this early in the season, yeah, you want you want to win. It's not like a division game where if you sweep your division opponent and the Niners faced this last year, right? They sweep the Seahawks in the season, and then you got to face them a third time. I think in the yeah. in that division aspect, if you're going in and you've already beat a team twice, I feel like you're most vulnerable in those situations. Just my opinion. Uh, you might be maybe too confident, um, but you know, Niners just completely dominated the the Seahawks, uh, mm-hmm. if I recall correctly, every game last year. But which is mm-hmm. my favorite rivalry within your division to watch. Um, but yeah. uh, it'll but be better yeah, now because Seattle's a better team. Yeah, yeah, they got they got a little better, more weapons on offense. Um, do, do you? Well, well, we'll get into the Seahawks, but yeah, yeah, but yeah, no, I'm happy well, me, to, to take the win week five. Let <laughs> me ask you. I don't remember. I listened to you guys show when you guys went over the schedule. I just don't recall week five, and I don't know why. Um, it's just not hitting me. At, by the time week five comes, where did you guys have the, the Cowboys from a record standpoint? So I had them. I think we both had them four and But to me, yes, um, what a game them, this is going to be. Yeah, we both had them four and Um It was it was San Fran and and L.A. up next, the Chargers. Um, so to me, I I. Don't think they're a good in, or a bad enough team to lose both of those games, and I just thought San Fran to me is the is a better uh, is really outside of you take you know which is the most important position, but you take quarterback out of it. San Fran's you know pretty much a better team overall, mm-hmm. um, which is tough to say. But uh, I just thought yeah, it was kind of that point in the schedule, you know, tough teams coming up. 
figure then you're not going to beat both of them. So San Fran's got to be it. Yeah. But yeah, it's a, you're right. That's a, I think it's a Sunday night game too. So that's yep, going to be a night. big week five game unless they're both mm-hmm. uh, 0 and 4 that nobody predicts. Oh my gosh. If they go 0 and 4, I'm just going to, I'm not going to watch any football for the rest of the season. <laughs> <laughs> but then, man, even just going through the schedule, like, even Aaron said earlier, man, when you're looking through some of this, there's not a lot of meat and potatoes in this schedule. No. Next three, you have, you know, Cleveland, Minnesota, you know, then you get, a, you know, a Cincy team where you're not sure if they're the Super Bowl one Cincy team or they your 10-7 Cincy team. So in the next three games with Cleveland, Minnesota, and Cincy, what, what are your thoughts on, do you think those are pretty much after that Dallas one, they regroup themselves and go on a nice little run? Well, I think they win the next two of three. I actually have them losing to Cincinnati week eight uh, before their bye week. Um, so, you know, to go, what, six and two by the time you get to week eight, because I think following the bye week, I think they're going to rally off three wins in a row before the the massive week 13 matchup. So I think I think they handle the Browns uh, in Cleveland and in Minnesota. Uh, they they beat the Vikings, and I think that's just again. I think that's a second trap game in a way. Is that Cincinnati team? Um, the Niners don't always do so well against elite quarterbacks. Um, so I I can see Burrow kind of lighten that lighten that scoreboard up a little bit because if there's one of the weaknesses the Niners do have is that secondary, um, and they didn't do much to improve it in the off season. Um, so I would think that. The Bengals, I'm going to give a little bit of respect to the Bengals here and have them uh, pull out that week eight win um, in in uh, Levi Stadium. So, geez, two, the first two losses I have for the Niners are at home. What kind of fan am I? I know. <laughs> so, Aaron, I have them. Um, me, me, me as the Dallas guy, I feel like I should be on the San Fran podcast now. I have them 8-0 through eight weeks. Is that 8-0? I have them 8-0. <laughs> There's nobody. We on that don't schedule. even know who their quarterback is. It doesn't is. matter. You could play Jason <laughs> Kent at quarterback, and they'd still be eight. No, is that is that how you're mm-hmm. seeing it, Aaron? Or you have them, I guess, losing to Cincy. Yeah, so I have them losing to Cincy. So they're they're seven and one, um, for me. Yeah, yeah. Coming to you next. I week. suck. I'm at six and two. Jason and Aaron James on your San Fran podcast next. it's funny so so Um, like you said coming out of that basically so coming out of your bye week jacksonville tampa seattle you said i think you said you had to roll through those three i think that's three wins in a row so it puts them at nine and two so you're seeing eagles as a loss then yeah in philadelphia yeah i really do but i i think it's a close one i don't think it's one of the i mean i think it'll really spark this rivalry God, the Niners are like have a rivalry with everybody nowadays. It's incredible. Um, I I think that's a game where the Eagles probably win. Mm, maybe maybe by like six, three or six. I can't see that being a game where the Eagles just dominate. Um, I mean, look, I've been shocked before, but um, if the if the if both teams come in pretty healthy, that Week Thirteen game is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um. And that's I just think that's where and it's and I'm okay with an a loss here because that makes that puts them at nine and three in my book. Uh, the only thing that would bother me is if the Eagles are around that same record. And like Aaron said, you have a couple teams here battling for that number one spot. Um, 
in the NFC. There's no uh, way that in your in your scenario, there's no way they win it. You you can't lose to Dallas and Eagles and get the number one seed. Yeah. Well, I think that's because I think the Eagles are getting number one seed. But, Naturally. With the toughest. That's schedule. what I think. I know, but I just think they're that unfortunately they're that good. So so before I I kind of I'm gonna want to rip into you because I'm a I'm a I don't care about San Fran. Um Aaron, I, I kind of I have them If they lose one there, it's to it's to Eagles if they lose one. Mm-hmm. So to me, they're potentially 12 and they're at worst 12 and one through 13 weeks. No, 11 and one because of the bye week. <laughs> a- Aaron, what do you, do you kind of do you? So I don't know if you see an Eagles that, yeah. loss there or so do you I, see them going four no in that. I know we skipped over the Jags, but they're going to Florida. I have the Jags winning that game. And I I have the Eagles winning the Niners. So, but from from a record standpoint, after the Eagles game, nine and three, I'm with Chris. Mm -hmm. Man. Yeah. I'm at nine and three. But my question to you, Chris, and and when I was going through the Dallas schedule, me and Aaron did this last week. To me, if I'm if I'm looking at my team and I see this schedule, I, I understand kind of. You know, Aaron, Aaron's coming in. A Jacksonville game could be a loss. It's it's the NFL. Any there, any Sunday could be a loss. But through through thirteen weeks, you face three real opponents. You have them losing to all three opponents. How can you can you like to me? That's that's not a quality team. You're like hmm. you're losing to me. I think Dallas is isn't. They're not at that level now where they're beating all of them but they're not bad enough to lose to all of them. So you think San Fran isn't kind of in that upper echelon then? If you have them losing to all the good teams they've played so far. Um, I mean, that's a good question. Uh, but I, I, I think if you're losing to quality team, I think it also depends on how they lose. Mm-hmm. If they're point. going in against, if they're going into Dallas and they're losing by three, by two scores, you know, by 17 points, something like that. That's not good. If they go into Cincinnati, like I said, um, and, and they lose that game by, again, by 14 points, 10 to 14 points, it's not good. If they go to the Eagles and get smacked up by the Eagles, which can happen to any team against the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I mean, it's, you know, I know it's hard and difficult for everyone to say it, but the top to bottom still it's unbelievable. They're a juggernaut. They are a legitimate juggernaut in the NFL right now. And um, if you go in, if they go with the cow, if the Niners go in against all three of those teams, they get smacked around and they get, you know, exposed. Then I will say to you, even with let's just say because I have them after the Eagles loss, I have them winning out. So that puts them at fourteen and three for the season. If they go fourteen okay. and three, but I look at those three losses and they got smacked around, I'm going to say. Uh, I, this is not going to be a long playoff run because if they, if they, you know, they're going to have to face two of those teams in the playoffs, right? Possibly. Yeah. So that's, that's the issue that I run into because they're probably going to have to see, they're going to see the Cowboys or the Eagles in the playoffs. They're going 100%. to see one of them. Mm-hmm. If so, not both, yeah. Right. If not both, like last year. So that's, this is those three games. They are so important 
to how this Niners team is going to be viewed around the league. Um, but you know, you guys, you guys have them beating Dallas, and then I'm okay with them losing to the Jaguars. That's okay for me. Like that's okay. Um, because I'm trying to think of who the Eagles lost to last season. They lost to the Washington Commanders, the Dallas Cowboys, and the New Orleans Saints. So, yeah, but wasn't no. the I think the Commanders one? Yeah, that was they were. I think their first loss of the season, wasn't it? Too. It was. Yeah, and they lost by 11 points. So you know they got beat up that game. Um, and I can't remember the New Orleans game. I think New Orleans beat them by 10, 10 to 12 points too. Right, like maybe like 20 to 13, 20 to 10. Um, and then Dallas, that the the Dallas game, my goodness, you know, the shootout for <laughs> like they they won like 40 to 34, uh, the Cowboys. So, you know, in two of those three losses, the Eagles lost by more than 10 points. Yeah. But you know, but they went up against Dallas and they they lost in a shootout by six. So they're still a pretty a pretty damn good team. They ended up in the Super Bowl. But that's what I mean. I do view the, the the Niners as a really, really good football team. Um, and I will hold judgment on them until after the Cowboys game in terms of where I think this team is, um, if I really do think they're a legitimate squad or not. Because if they lose, I'm okay with it. If they lose by like three, yeah. you know? So we'll, we'll see how it goes. So so you have them 14-3. To me... Yeah. I think 14 and three is the absolute worst case scenario for them. Not worst case. Well, I mean, like that's, that's the worst. That's the worst they can do. Like there's no reason they should have more than three losses in this schedule. Yeah, the only other reason I have them going 13 and four is if they lose one of those Seattle games that, or, or you know, there's a team, a Baltimore potentially could, but I just think yeah, if, if Lamar is healthy. Yeah. But I just, their team, they're so good. And that's why I think me and me and Aaron both have many times, um, said it's 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 Eagles Dallas and Fran, um, mm-hmm. but man, if you if yours holds true, I I think Dallas then wins or no Eagles, yeah, well Dallas would win because they could be they'd have the same record and they'd have those common opponents. I just think it's tough. I think San mm-hmm. Fran, if Purdy's healthy, another kind of, yeah. and you give him confidence, um, it, it's going to have healthy McCaffrey. They're mm-hmm. a tough team because they're just a, they get after the quarterback. Like you said, the one weakness is their is their DBs, but they sent, t- tend to make up for it with that pass rush and uh, how good they mm-hmm. are and how much they get to the quarterback. Yeah, and it really helped that they got Javon Hargrave in the offseason. That really helped that team. That was a big uh, uh, he's a, he's a monster man up there. So um, it, that really helps because look, last year if you look at it, you know, outside of the eighteen and a half sacks from uh nick bosa you know i don't think any other player on that line had more than five and a half you know so you know that's that's a line that really needs somebody that can move bodies to create pressure for others outside of bosa and when you add hargrave there in the middle holy moly man that's gonna help that's gonna help eric armstead um a guy like that who really needs a really good bounce back season um so yeah and and, and i'm with you that that's a team, you know, I'm sure you guys, if you want get into the quarterback situation, because my goodness is you can't talk about the San Francisco 49ers anymore unless you're talking about a quarterback issue. Um, so, yeah, I'll I'll stop talking and let you guys get to your to your format here. 
no, that was kind of um, we definitely hit there because I know you know it's been mentioned a few times. Um, kind of going into the season, what are the thoughts? Because I know last year the big uh, the big thing was Purdy got hurt, and then they really had nothing. It was it looked it was so bad after he got hurt that game. Yeah, they just um, changed the rule because of it, and it's <laughs> insane because Josh Johnson got another uh, job. Uh, <laughs> he got signed again after that game. Mm-hmm. Um, but are you confident? Like how, I, how can you, and I, and I say this from the outside looking in having them go 14 and three as the absolute worst case scenario. Um, yeah. how, how confident can you be going in with a guy that you gave up a lot of capital to take it? Number two, or was it three? You traded up to get them, gave up a lot of first round picks. And mm-hmm. then your Mr. Irrelevant comes in and, and it goes on a run. he, I don't. He didn't lose yeah. to the Eagles, correct? So he he That's looked correct. And and I remember talking with you, you know, watching that that Dallas San Fran game. You know, he he looked more seasoned. He wasn't. He's not making the big play, but he's also, which was our. You know, I've talked spoke with Aaron about this. Our biggest gripe about Dak is he wasn't making the bad play either. So Purdy did what he needed yeah. to do from the quarterback, kind of just filling it in. How can yeah. you con- like can you, you said many you. S- yeah, you said many times about the Dallas game, uh, and I apologize to that I that I butted in there. Uh, you, I just want to get the thought out. You said in the during the Dallas game that Purdy didn't do a, didn't do anything to win you the, the game, but more importantly, he did nothing to lose them the game, and and that's massive in the NFL today. Um, is making sure your quarterback doesn't make those mistakes to lose you the game, even if he's not throwing three or four touchdowns. Um, to dominate, right? Um, you kind of let the other pieces there fall and do what they got to do. Um, so how confident am I? It, I'm confident because outside, you know, when you get to an NFC title game or a Super Bowl, Kyle Shanahan is a master at whatever quarterback is under center out there. I don't know what he does or how he does it. Um, I know he doesn't have a Super Bowl yet, but you know, notwithstanding. What he was able to the the fact that he wasn't even considered to be the coach of the year last year is unbelievable to me. Like it's almost as if everybody forgot that a third string quarterback was in there and won seven games in a row as a rookie and then won two playoff games. Um and That's insane to think you know, about. It's un it's unbelievable. Their starter, who they gave up all that draft capital for, the future of the franchise, Trey Lance, gets hurt in what week two? Um, wasn't it? Was it preseason or was it week two? No, no, was it, it was it, so it was the, it was a Texans game. So it was after the monsoon in Chicago. Okay, um, he got hurt in, against Houston. Jimmy Garoppolo, they trot him back onto the field, and he was actually on pace to have one of his best statistical seasons of his career. He goes down later in the year. Then here comes the dude that was, that was the last pick of the draft and a, thir- a third, you know, the the third string quarterback here that no one even really remembered he was even on the team. Um, comes in and does what he did. I mean, the highest rated passer in the NFL for every for whatever uh, the nine games that he played total, including the playoffs. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm pretty confident with whoever's under center. I just want whoever the heck is the quarterback of the 49ers to just be the quarterback of the Niners 
for 17 games. Like this is, <laughs> they have not had a quarterback start the whole season since 2019. And that was when Jimmy took the, the Niners to the Super Bowl. And that that's where we're at here. And it's such a toxic fan base. The 49ers have a such a toxic fan base. I relate it to the situation that the Eagles had a few years ago with Wentz and uh, and Nick Foles, where if you like Nick Foles, you had to hate Wentz. If you love Carson Wentz, then you don't like Nick Foles. It doesn't make any sense to me. You want them both to succeed so you can win football games. Um, so the, where we're at now is you have such a divided fan base because it, and it, and they mean well. And what I, and how I mean that is everybody wants to see if Trey Lance is the guy. You gave up so much for him to be of your course, future yeah. of the franchise. And the fact that he's still only 22 years old and they, they see there's so much potential there. They want us, they want him to have the appropriate chance to see what he has. Again, Aaron said it. You can't judge anything that Trey Lance did against the Bears. You can't judge what anybody did in that game. And then he goes in against Houston and he gets hurt. So there's really nothing. Since 2017, this guy has thrown 420 passes in a football game. In football games. My gosh. I mean, you know, Brock Purdy did that in nine games last year. You know, <laughs> so it's like that's where I think a lot of fans are is they're like, okay, well, yeah, Brock Prey did this, but we want to see what this dude can do. And the reason is because Trey Lance is, you know, 6'3", 220 pounds. He's the prototypical quarterback of where the NFL is moving, is has been moving towards for a long time. But for me is, you, I don't think anybody can name me a, the, the last time a running quarterback, a legitimate running quarterback, won a Super Bowl. It's You can't tell me it was Patrick Mahomes because he's one of the best passers in the league. Can't tell me it was Russell Wilson because, again, he was also one of the most accurate and best passers in the league. So that's what I mean. Can't say it was ever Steve Young because he was the best passer in football. So that's what I mean. Like what running quarterback has won a Super Bowl? I would consider I would put like I get what your point is with Steve Young. I'm considering Steve Young a scrambling quarterback. A scrambling quarterback is different than a running quarterback. Well, yeah, but you need it. It's to me. Russell Wilson may be the most underrated player up until he signed his contract and got traded to Denver. Um, his early years in, in Seattle, the fact that he never got one MVP vote is the most atrocious thing I've ever seen. I, and yes, I understand mm -hmm. that defense was very good. But he also Russell, didn't throw the ball that much. But he made plays. He was so integral to that team where yes. I'm not going to say he's not like he's not in that cat the running quarterback. Because to me, running quarterback's Michael Vick. Like when I think straight that you really can't pass. The the prototypical kind of like you're saying, it needs to be that the hybrid. If Steve Young played today, if Mark Brunell played today, Mark Brunell twice in one episode. If he played in today's game, <laughs> he would be fantastic. <laughs> Because that's yeah. that's what he did. Um, so if if man, and I've said this to you, I, I do believe Trey Lance deserves a shot. I would go. I, I would go Purdy. You Here's have my thing. I don't think he deserves anything. I don't. You look. I, I'm tired of this whole. And the Niners have proven this, and so many teams have proven it. You, the whole adage well, of you don't lose your job over injury. I don't care. 
This is the NFL. It's a business. You're paid to win football games, and you have to put the best players on the field to win you games. That's your job. It's tough to give up that much capital, though. Like to me, I I want like to me. If I'm on the GM end, I gave Mm -hmm. up too much not to see what he is. Well, here's the thing. I get it, but they they also didn't. I'm sorry, Aaron. Go ahead. It's your show. Uh, No, go ahead. Finish your thought. No. but also, I don't think the GM, John Lynch, also expected Mr. Irrelevant to literally run the offense better than anyone has since Steve Young and come in here and do what Brock Purdy did in the in the in the part of the season where they needed to win the games the most and then goes to the postseason and wins two games. I don't think you can give up all the capital you want, but when something like that unexpected happens, again, you know, in the words of Vince McMahon. Plans change, pal. (laughs) What about getting at least half of the capital that you gave up back in a trade? That's what I wanted them to do in the draft. Right. So, yeah, you you can talk all this. You can talk all you want about what you gave up to get them. But look Mm -hmm. at what look at the value you got in mystery in the seventh rounder. Right. Mm hmm. So to yeah. me, you can argue it's more or less very close to a wash. And you might even come up on the upside if you get more capital by making a trade and, and recouping some of that, you kind of get lucky a little bit. So I don't I don't think you should, you know, faithful fans should be as hung up on your know, they've committed too much. Like I'm with you, Aaron. Yeah, take no, that, Jason. Get off the no, show. But okay, but but I what you're saying, <laughs> and this isn't going to be me, right? Like, I feel like I'm more de- defending Trayland Trayland's, but I'm not. But when you look at it, and I think this is kind of going to really bring us into the the next part of the topic um, with San Fran, because to me, they started out really tough last year. They made a trade that to me might be the second greatest trade ever. After they traded for Trent Williams, they gave a bag of baseballs, not even footballs. They gave a bag of baseballs for Trent Williams, who is oh, the best CMC. Uh, left tackle on the game. And and they yeah. practically do the same thing for, for Christian McCaffrey. Um, so I now know. you you get in, in a Shanahan's offense who's very running back friendly. They can interchange every once and be able to just get a playmaker like McCaffrey in there. Can you give Purdy all the credit? with that because you have a player like McCaffrey. And the second part of that is, do you, after the last two seasons, um, so last year he was the first season he played a full season in two years. Do you think he can replicate that? Because I think a lot of their offensive, how well they did last year kind of started once McCaffrey got there, kind of turned them around offensively. Mm -hmm. Do I think who can replicate it? McCaffrey? McCaffrey can like kind of replicate what he did last year and then also stay on the field. Yeah. So that's the thing. So if McCaffrey can stay on the field, he's if he's healthy, he's going to be an MVP candidate. I mean, he's such a special player. I mean, he's he's I don't even want to say he's not a poor man's because he's incredible. He's almost exactly how I remember Ladanian Tomlinson. Like just when you thought you could stop Ladanian in the run game, he'll go out and he'll catch eight nine balls a game and be just as lethal against you. And I think that's where CMC is. I mean, he'll average, you know, if you if you stuff the run, that's great because the, the Niners have loaded their offense so well with Ayuk, Debo, George Kittle, 
You can't cover everyone, and you, you can't focus on everyone. So CMC is going to get his opportunities for those checkdowns or those screenplays or you know running the slants across the middle that he's really good at too. He's going to get his five, six, seven catches a game if he's not running the ball well. So it, it either or, you're still looking at a season where he's he can I can easily see him getting eighteen hundred all purpose yards. And and if I'm the if I'm the Niners, and Trey Lance has to start the first few games. And I mean, Purdy is actually ahead of schedule by like a week and a half. He's going to start throwing next week already. So um, I'm I'm still going to keep my prediction that Brock Purdy is going to start week one. Um, let's just say he doesn't and they go with Trey Lance for the first couple weeks to give Lance an extra couple weeks or give Purdy a couple extra weeks to build, build up that strength. If I if if I'm Trey Lance, man, I'm utilizing CMC as much as humanly possible. Um to 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 really start moving the offense to get comfortable with what he's doing, um, the preseason could really tell us that too. I mean, I I mean, if I were the Niners, I wouldn't even let McCaffrey even on the sidelines for a preseason game. Do exactly what the Eagles used to do with Brian Westbrook. Don't eat, let him practice a couple of days a week and then just show up on game day. Um, so yeah, I think CMCJ. To answer your question in a long winded way. Yes, CMC, I think, is going to be better than he was last year, which is really hard to say. But, yeah, if he stays on the field, man, uh, again, you know, the the Niners have a really good knack for producing really good running backs. Elijah Mitchell, when he's healthy, was really good. Raheem Mostert, before he went to Miami, was so good when he was healthy. Yeah. Um, So, again, and now you're adding a guy who is double the talent of those two and can just do everything on the field. So, yeah, I think CMC – is going to be a, a special player again. He has to for the Niners to succeed. He has to. Now I was telling Jay that I really feel convicted that the Cowboys, if they're going to get to the NFC championship game, at least this year have a top three rated defense. We have to be top three. I just have that conviction. Niners. If I believe were number one uh, mm-hmm. ranked defense last year, um, would you would you say let's say they dip to number five or four four or five? Mm-hmm. Do you do you change your record? Do you think that's very material? Or well, you know, what's the lowest you think they could drop before it starts to really impact your your season? Geez, I would say like tenth, and I say that because the strength of schedule. Even if they're fifth in the league in total defense. That schedule, man, it really will. I mean, it 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 it's not like I mean, like we said, Jay even thinks the worst, the absolute bottom of the barrel worst, the Niners could finish are 14 and three. So that is, I think, what helps the Niners gives them a little bit of leeway with um if their defense struggles a little bit, is that's that schedule helps them out big time. It really helps them in terms of not falling too far. If they had to play teams like the Cowboys and the Eagles more than once. Like if they were in the same division, I'd say, well, that's, that's not good. Um, So that's, that's where I mean, I think the Niners strength of schedule really helps them in case their defense falls a little bit. Yeah, I'm there with you. And, and, and I forgot to mention the Caesar sports book has, mm-hmm the Niners at 11.5 wins 
for mm. this season. So like, and it's crazy because it's terrible because I am a terrible betting man. <laughs> I would bet the over, but they get it right. Like the sand, I watched the San Diego State game with you at, at your house. Um, they would like, didn't they? They literally got the spread right after it was like kind of a big lead the whole game. They know, so it's insane. So Dallas is probably going to have ten and a half. Don't know how you win half a game. San Fran's going to have eleven and a half. Um, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's so low. Isn't that I good? Like- I, I don't gamble at all. I never have in my life. Isn't a, and I don't even understand spreads all the time. But I, like, sometimes I call my dad to ask him to explain <laughs> spreads to me. And I wonder, like, if I see eleven and a half, I would think that's pretty good. Well, that has to be on the top in the league, right? Oh well, uh, yeah. The, I mean, the, is there anybody higher? Are the, the Eagles higher? So the only other team, no one's higher. The other okay. team that has the same prediction figure is the Cincinnati Bengals at eleven point wow. five. And sorry, the Chiefs are also at eleven point five. Okay, that makes sense because yeah, the Chiefs have a pretty good schedule too, which is wild. But yeah, so I mean, when you look at when you word it that way, eleven and a half, I guess that's all right. When I look at that schedule, I would have probably said over under 12 and a half. Uh, If we're, if a lot, I mean, I see a lot of predictions going around now where they also, a lot of people have the Niners going 14 and three. So, um, that's, I look at it as that. Yeah. So to me, I'm like, oh, well, hmm." so they have, they're at 11 and a half. And I guess those numbers can change, right? Going up the week one of the season. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They'll change all spreads can change. Yeah. Okay. Usually right. not so dramatic change. unless it's right. like a quarterback injury. It's usually like a half a win up or down. They're 11 yeah. and a half over under and they don't even know who the quarterback is. <laughs> and that's uh, how good the team is. It's amazing. I think it's, I think it's worth mentioning because uh, Chris mentioned it. There's a, he mentioned a quick blurb. Mm-hmm. The new rule proposed for the playoffs, I believe it is. That's currently under consideration. It may have passed. It did pass. Going into the playoffs, you can add a third QB that doesn't count against your 53-man roster. Um, Right. So they're calling it, is there, are they calling that the mystery relevant rule or the Purdy rule? (laughs) uh, Something along those lines, but that's, that's pretty meaningful. They had had a dressed quarterback that couldn't play. How good is an undressed quarterback going to play? (laughs) <laughs> like, come on, unless like Aaron Rodgers retires and then can magically get signed to the to a playoff team. I don't know how big of a deal that was. I was like, they had a backup quarterback that was so bad. They put the guy that couldn't throw the ball in over the dude that was healthy. Yeah, right. So I don't know if that yeah. extra <laughs> extra quarterback makes a big deal. Um, And this is one I think this is kind of kind of rolling towards the end. I think this is a big topic. Okay. Huge topic. I, mm-hmm. Me and my all my San Fran friends, which is two of them, uh, all of <laughs> kind them. of have this debate. Aaron brought it up, and it's a great one. Two great young pass rushers. Mm-hmm. Two of the best in the game. Who are you taking? And and I understand San Fran. You know, you, we have Bosa, Bosa, our guy. Like you, just look at the players. Who who are you taking? Who's the other one? Bosem Parsons. Oh, um, I'm taking Micah Parsons actually, because Why? I mean he will. De- he'll well one. If you just 
just told Micah Parsons to be a D-end and be a D-end only, he's going to get 25 sacks a year. He is so elusive. He's so electric. He's probably the most athletic guy in the NFL. Um, I just feel like he's such a special, dynamic player. He's so smart, too. Um, I just feel I would like to have a Micah Parsons because I can put him anywhere, and he'll be an all-pro anywhere that you put him, um, wherever he, he needs to be on that field for them. As much as I love Nick Bosa, and I and I I do, I think he's going to be a Hall of Fame defensive end. I, I think Micah is going to be like that generational type player um, if he's not already. Uh, so that's why I, I really hope that the Cowboys, I, I don't hope this <laughs> outsider. If I, if I don't like any team, right. If I don't like any NFL team, if you know, you would hope that the Cowboys continue to build this defense around him um, and just make sure that he is well taken care of because, you know, you all got a special special dude in that number 11 um and i saw that at penn state like how just dominant he was there too um so yeah i I would take mike uh probably 10 times out of 10 well are you convinced me um (laughs) (laughs) i really like there's something about uh bosa's body type i feel like it just comes off the edge i'm beautifully it yeah, does. like yeah. just, just um, like he can do what he wants. I feel like Mike. Yeah, he's like so explosive. He's so strong. Yeah, explosive. It's majestic. Strong. It doesn't. His, it his looks bulk, effortless. His bulkiness yeah. with his athleticism, I feel like sometimes to me on tape at least, you know, puts him over Parsons. But mm. to your point, you know, with, with with the athleticism and hey, Parsons can play linebacker. I don't think. I don't see Bosa being able to play linebacker, um, you know, three downs. Uh, Parsons mm-hmm. can can do that. So because of that dynamic, you know, he can keep up with, uh, you yeah. know, tight ends. He can cover tight ends. He can cover running backs. Yep. When you when you mm-hmm. when you add those elements, um, yeah, he's a little bit a little bit more dynamic. But yeah, I mean, if you would ask me first, I probably would have said, you know. Bosa's body type from a DE position. I, we had this conversation mm-hmm. with the wide receivers with Brown and and CD Lamb, and mm. you know Jason was saying wide receivers. It's bot. You know when I go to body type, and when I'm creating my Madden <laughs> attributes, this guy's six foot yeah. nine, runs <laughs> a three three point nine. Uh, so from a DE to DE, from a body type standpoint, I just feel like. Bosa, Bosom has him from that perspective. Hmm. It it's interesting too because you know Micah is what like 6'3", 245, right? Doesn't um, look a lick of it at all. No, I know, but I think he is. Um, and I and I and I know Bosa is massive. Bosa is like six four, like two seventy almost. Yeah. Um, they're both mutants. So um, <laughs> I I look at I I just I just look at what Parsons can do and how great he can do all of it that where i understand if you're talking strictly defensive end then i'm going to take bosa because the cowboys have not allowed parsons to be strictly a d end i really do think man if they allowed him to be d end he would just he would be damn near unstoppable with his you, with his you know his speed his athletic his athleticism 
Um, Bose is going to break the record for contract. Okay. Dallas is smart is. not moving him there because if Dallas moves Micah to rush every down, you oh, said it's it. Be- he. And 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 yeah. my buddy Zach, I have this. We have this discussion all the time, and he'll throw the stats out that that gets Bosa over top. But it's like if Micah was a, a hand in the ground, three down mm-hmm. player, I, I do believe he would. And I understand. I think he would beat it in before that seventeenth game. I think he would. He's going two or three over that sack record, and I don't think yeah it would be pretty easy. So I do. I agree. I think Micah. He is that he is that special generational talent. Yeah. And and I'll say this, I do think Bosa has a chance to break the sack record this year. I think getting Javon Hargrave will really help ease the pressure off of Bosa a little bit. And all he needs to get is what like four sacks, right? He had 18 and a half. He needs what 22 and a half? Is that the record? I think it's 20. Yeah. Now? 22 and a half. So that's an additional four sacks. And if Eric Armstead comes back and he's healthy and he's pushing people again, man, it could be a, <laughs> it could be a ridiculous season for Nick Bosa. Ask me in like week 12, I might change my mind <laughs> on Parsons or Nick Bosa. <laughs> Problem is Mike is going to have like three more than Nick. Cause he's better. Um, we'll, we'll do before, before we get out of here, we'll ask one more opinion. I do like these. Um, Cause me and you have said this many times and I just want to get it on the record. Um, mm-hmm. We both have great young receivers. Yeah. Who 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 you like? Who which one you taking? I like uh Brand you mean Ayuk or Debo? No, Debo Debo or C D. C D. I'm taking C D. Uh, I just like if you would have asked me, do I sign Ayuk and let D and try to trade Debo? I do that too. Really? I think so Ayuk you think is by you're, far you're the better wide point receiver. All out on Debo as as a receiver. Or as a I'm not out on him. I just think when I wanted the Niners to draft Brandon Ayuk so bad because he is a pristine route runner, um, and the dude is so smart and he he runs such crisp routes. Um, he runs routes like you know everyone t- talks of how great Devontae Smith is at running routes, and he is. Devontae is a special special route runner, but I put Brandon Ayuk right there, right there. I put Brandon Ayuk. And um, he proved that last year, you know, uh, and, I, and I think another year this year, which is, you know, his money year, basically, of course, I think he's going to be much better. Debo is good at what he does. Debo is not a very good, true wide receiver. Um, he's not a great route runner. He's kind of sloppy because he's big. He's he's a big boy. Um, so I, I just I just feel like Ayuk is is like that number one that that. That you know, wide receiver one that you want. Um, none of them are like an AJ Brown. AJ Brown is another stratosphere, I think. AJ Brown is who you build in Madden because AJ Brown is built like TO. TO like exactly if I, when comp. I look at AJ Brown, I, I look at TO and I go, God, they're they're literally identical. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm taking C D over Debo and you know my answer should, was going to be CD. I, I know it was. Jay. Okay, so then CD... I yell at you. I get so mad at you when you rip CD because CD is a special dude too. Because I I believe it, but I, to me, like Aaron said, we we discussed this before. I'm a I'm an AJ Brown. 
That's that's my. Well, that's, I mean, if I'm, I'm, again, I'm taking AJ over all of them. Yeah. Yeah, like AJ, DK. I'm a you know you know I'm a Randy Moss guy, so I want that big, lengthy, mm-hmm. long, strong, fast. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. I want Calvin Johnson. Um. Mm. So would you go Ayuk over CD, or would you still take CD? Yeah, I would take Ayuk over CD. I, I think I if, if Purdy is the starting quarterback all season, the NFL is going to see real, real fast how good Brandon Ayuk is. Like real good. I, I just I, I mean I'm I'm thinking like 90 catches, 1300 yards, and like 10 touchdowns. He's that mm-hmm. good. It's funny because I see I've seen the same thing for quite a while. And going into that playoff game, I'm like, okay, we got to keep our eyes on uh, McCaffrey, uh, Debo, Kittle, but they got to pay attention to Ayuk because he's that he's the one. You know, like I always thought about Ayuk, Ayuk, Ayuk. Like he he can mm-hmm. he can be a problem for any team. Yeah. Um. Now, do you do you think would you agree that having CMC diminishes some value of Debo? Yes, I think that's and it, it, that's what I was trying to say to you guys in the very beginning, where the Niners are going to run into some issues because mm-hmm. they they've you know quote unquote they've kicked the bucket down the line a little bit too you know it's it's going to hit them now. Um, that's why you kind of hope a guy like Brock Purdy becomes a starter because he makes uh, like zero dollars in terms of, you know, what a quarterback makes in the NFL. Um, I think this is the final year where Debo's cap hit is low. This is the final year that I think Kittle's uh, cap hit and Fred Warner's cap hit are low. Um, I think if they were to release Debo, at the end of this upcoming season, I think the, the dead cap hit would be like 18 million. And I think next year it jumps all the way up to like 35 or 40. Um, and and I and I think the same can be said with Kittle. If they release Kittle at the end of this year, his dead cap hit is like half of what it would be next year. Um, and the same with Fred Warner. Now, if you're asking me of all three of those guys who I want them to keep, Fred Warner. I think Fred Warner is a Hall of Fame linebacker, um, and he's only 26 years old. He just turned 26, and he's already a three-time All-Pro. So I'm, you know, and I'm keeping, I'm keeping Fred Warner, and I'm okay with letting Kittle and and Debo walk. Be, well, one is going to have they're going to have to do something with one of them if they want to sign Ayuk. They're about to give Nick Bosa whatever he asks for. Literally, they're going to say, "What do you want?" He's going to say, "You got to pay him." And then after this season, I mean, you gotta pay Ayuk. If he has another breakout year, you gotta pay him because he's your only legitimate wide receiver on that team. And Debo, as great as he is at what he does, he also gets hurt. And that body man has taken so much damage already. So after this season, the I hope the Niners win the Super Bowl this year because this is the last year that that, that core will be together. Mm-hmm. Um, because you also don't know how long Trent Williams wants to play for, um, you know, guys like that, man. So yeah, um, there's a lot that's going to be happening with this football team at the end of, of next season. Well, Chris, something I just thought about is with my plan, it's then this just shows you how, you know, that I'm a rookie GM. If I get rid of Trey Lance, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Purdy has all the leverage and he can say, you know mm-hmm. what? I don't think I'm going to show up until you guys pay me, <laughs> or I get I get some money thrown my way, because then you know because they they run out of options. 
I agree. Um, but I mean, I can't see Brock Purdy. I mean, if they trade Lance, I'm not. Sh- it depends really on what Purdy does. If Purdy has another ridiculous season where he gets to the playoffs and wins two playoff games again, and maybe they get to the NFC title game and they get, you know, within a couple points of actually getting to a Super Bowl, then if I'm Brock Purdy, I can say, look, you know, let's start talking about an extension because you gotta, you gotta, you have to kind of now look at what happened with Jalen Hurts. He had that one big show me year, and that show me year ended up in the Super Bowl. Got so that paid. got him. That got him paid. So Brock Purdy's wheels are now turning um, where it's uh, I'm sure if he starts week one, he stays healthy. He gets this team to 14 and three. I'm sure at that point, he's probably thrown 3,500 yards, 25 to 30 touchdowns, probably under 10 picks because he doesn't throw picks. Uh, He's not that kind of quarterback. Then you're looking at him saying, all right, well, the Niners would probably say to him, all right, cool. If you do this next year. Now we'll talk a big extension. The Niners do that. The, the people, there's this misconception that the Niners don't pay people. Oh, they pay people, but they wait. Like they don't yeah. pay you in June. They don't pay you in March. They'll pay you. If you look at all the stars they've signed, Kittle, Debo, Warner, um, uh, um, uh, Trent Williams, it's all like around August, September. And um, they they wait. They wait everything out to make sure they have everything taken care of and then they'll pay you. But that that, you know, you don't stay this good for that long by not paying guys. It doesn't work no. that way. Um, the Eagles are the same way. That's why these good teams have cap issues, because they pay guys. They get around exactly. it somehow restructure, restructure, restructure. So, <laughs> um, and eventually it haunts you. But yeah, yeah, I I think that that they'll be fine. But that's a good point, Aaron. In terms of if Purdy has another bang out season, then I he can start the conversation with his agent. Like, hey, you think we can talk to them a little bit and see if I can get something here? I mean, it won't be Jalen Hurts level um, because Hurts was a second round draft pick. He, it's not like he was a, a five, six, or seventh round draft pick. He was the guy that was drafted to eventually probably take yeah, over starter. for Wentz. I'm sure they didn't think it was going to be as soon as it was, but uh, great point. Still, yeah, I mean, Hertz still was a second round draft pick. Um, yeah. We have to see first what Purdy does, if anything, in 2023. So, just yes or no? Are both of the quarterbacks on the roster? If, Pur- if Purdy comes back healthy, he plays maybe before the season. Are both of them on the roster opening day? Yes. Okay. So we'll, we'll finish up with these these last two, I think, depending on how you answered. San Fran this season, best case, like, I guess, oh, you know, we all believe best case scenario, Super Bowl. How do, where do you see it playing out? How do you see it finishing? They make the playoffs. Boom. What do they do? I think they lose to the Eagles in the NFC Championship game. Okay. With that exact answer I wanted, but not because it's the Eagles. Um, (laughs) Can you bring Shanahan back? Because I feel like while he's gotten them there, he hasn't won the big game. He's lost the Super Bowl. That will be the second straight NFC East championship game. Um, I know we've seen other coaches lose more, but he's been there quite a while now. And it just see, 
can't seem to get him over that top. So can he survive anything but a Super Bowl this season? Yeah, that's a good question. I think it depends. So if I had them losing to the NFC, the NFC title game, I think it depends on how they lose. Things all depends on how you lose. Um, but man, it's really hard to go to an NFC title game like five out of six years that you're the head coach. It's really hard to do and to consistently be that good. Um, as much as I don't like Shanahan sometimes, because I think he can be a very stubborn head coach and be a little bit set in his mind like he's smarter than everybody else in the room. And a lot of times he is. Um, I just, um, again, it's that, it's that age-old question, who the heck do you replace him with? Because all the really good coaches they've had have already left to other teams. So it's, it, it, I don't see anybody else on that team that, they, that they're grooming, I don't like using that word, that they're grooming to be the next uh, the next head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, he's almost becoming like the Andy Reid of the NFL. Like, look at the coaching tree of Kyle Shanahan. So, and, you know, Reid will be done when he's ready to be done. He's not going to get fired. He's going to retire in that position in Kansas City. I think Shanahan might, might be that same person because I think Lynch is going to be done in a year or two. When that contract's up for his GM, I think he's going to go back to television. And I think the next GM is almost going to be hired by Kyle Shanahan <laughs> in a way. So because you kind of got to work within his system. He's created such a system there. Um, I mean, if he can, if he gets back to the Super Bowl at the very least, then he's fine. But if they get to the NFC title game like against the Eagles and like they get blown out. I think it's a conversation. I think that's when the hot seat begins and then he might have like another year. Um, but I mean, to get to the NFC title game, like what three of the last four years. Yeah. That's a, a real, tough, that's really good. That's, that's that's in the NFL. I mean, in the NBA, he would have already been fired two years ago, but that's like in the NFL, like it's just not that easy to fire a coach after that kind of success. It's tough even asking I mean, that question, it, too, though, because like looking but, at Dallas. But that's the way sports can be, though, man. Yeah. When we look at Dallas, I think we've both mentioned, you know, right now McCarthy possibly is on the hot seat after getting rid of um, what's his name? The kid last year, the offensive coordinator. Um, mm-hmm. What's his name, Aaron? It's blanking me. Uh, Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore. Yes. Like to me, that was the last draw for McCarthy kind of to me. I feel like it is a it's an all or nothing year for McCarthy. Um, if, if they don't at minimum make the Super Bowl, I think he's gone. Um, so it's tough to even ask. Cause you, you think this is all or nothing year for Dak? No. Well, no. it's because what they haven't out soon. So it, I think it's structured to where they can get rid of him. But I, I think I, I, I believe in them this year. I think they take that next step. I don't think it ends mm. in a terrible. Um, I agree. Last second loss to San Fran mm-hmm. for the third year in a row. I don't <laughs> think it ends that way. I think Dak <laughs> matures and shows up this season. Um, Cause I think they yeah, added enough many, pieces. How many years are you going to give a quarterback to mature? I oh, mean, it's tough. He's been around for a long he's, time. Uh, yeah. He's been around what? Eight, eight years now. Yeah. Well, I, I, this I, is eighth year. I always say Romo didn't get good until his thirties where he was mm-hmm. go- he was going to the line with two two or three play calls doing a lot of checks and audibles and now we see on television you know how good he is and which side note I tried I've made the case before he 
I would like him as our coach. Um, and that'd mm-hmm. be interesting him coaching Dak, but, um, and I told Jason on, on the show as well, I'm a Dak believer. Um, mm-hmm. I, I believe he's a, a, a really, really, really good quarterback. I think he's going to have at the end of the day, a better career than what Romo did. Um, and he'll have, I believe I more. Think he already does. I think he'll have more Man. to show more to show. I'm, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the MVP conversation this year because he has we have arguably three wide receiver ones with mm-hmm. CD, mm-hmm. Cooks, and Gallup. Hmm. And you got Pollard, and um, we got I mean you're getting get me in the soapbox here, but <laughs> so it's your show. I keep it's right, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I agree, uh, man. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm looking at Dak's numbers. I mean, he's in 97 games. He's 61 and 36, which is really darn good. A 67% completion percentage. He's a more than two to one touchdown to interceptions. Um, he had a really tough year this past year with that 15 interceptions, but I think that's a one off. I think that's an anomaly. I don't think that's going to happen again. Didn't he do two? So, two didn't he have two against San Fran too, though? Like he looked yeah, he did. in the biggest yeah. moments the last two years. He looked flustered. That's the tough part, you know, in, in the my big issue. moments. You, he needs to have one of those playoff moments where he throw, you know, either dominates. Joe Flacco. And dis- the Joe yeah. Flacco run. Super yeah, Bowl, I mean, that baby. Would be, that would be, I mean, if he can get, I mean, he's a he's 10 times the quarterback of Joe Flacco, but <laughs> if he can have that Joe Flacco run, I, I think Dak is very underappreciated, I think, from Dallas fans. Um, look, it's very hard, man, to have a quarterback, to have a number one quarterback for, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve years. I mean, there's only one Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger. Like these dudes are on the same team for 15, 16, 17 years. Um, actually, not even Peyton Manning because he went to Denver. But, um, you know, it, it in this NFL, man, it's it's tough to have a quarterback be that good for so long on the same team. Um so I think he's somebody that should be appreciated. He's 29. Um, I think when does he turn 30? I think he has like a July birthday. So I think he's actually coming up on his 30th birthday. I think it's during, so, spring, during uh, preseason. I think I'm looking at it now. That. July 20, July 29th, he turns 30. So there'll be so a training camp. The, yeah. You can't even say he's in the prime of his career because quarterbacks are good up until they're 40 years old if they're healthy. So um, yeah. I'm with you, Aaron. Uh, I think I think Dak is is primed to have a really big season this year, and I, it's I set like, up for him. I really like asking this question because it gives mm-hmm. me it gives a good perspective of what of other people's like perception. So Dak has had thirty four division games. How mm-hmm. many losses would you say he has in the division? In thirty four, yeah, I'm gonna say nine. Okay, so that tells me you think pretty highly of him, and you yeah. know that he's dominated the division. So he only has seven, and okay, uh, so three, three, of, three of those against the Eagles. So it's hard to yeah. get rid of someone. You know, half the battle is winning your division throughout the yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. I feel like That's... you guys are attacking me and saying I underappreciate Dak here, <laughs> which I will not be had on on this podcast, <laughs> gentlemen. I, I want to do whatever happy. it takes, whatever topic can slam you. I want to talk about. <laughs> I'll not be having the no Jason slander <laughs> on this podcast. Oh, that's funny. I'm looking but, forward to but, our our 
our pull up again going into like uh, the trade deadline or something like that during the season. We're gonna have a lot mm-hmm. to talk about, I'm sure. Yeah, I yeah, think... I'm excited. Um, no, go ahead, Chris. No, go, go. No, I'm just gonna say, yeah, it's it's, it's exciting. I think um, it's gonna be such a fun season to watch. I believe. I think all three of these teams. Um, we had we had the Eagles guys on last week. Uh, we have San Fran on today. Um, and I think to me, I was I much. Think, I think I was much more coherent than your last couple guests. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I just think it was good to get the perspectives to what me and me and Aaron both believe are the two most, um, or the three most real like contenders really for the for the NFC. I think is good to get perspective. Um, where like you had, I know. So you had San. You have San Fran going fourteen and three. Aaron yeah. had Dallas going. Tw- Dallas and Eagles both going twelve and five. I had Dallas at 14 and three, but one of those losses were to hmm. San Fran. You have meat in San Fran. I have the Eagles going 15 and two. So I would not be a good odds maker in Vegas because <laughs> I, my potential is so much greater. Uh, my thoughts and everybody would bet the under. Um, but so, th- so you have like, well, like we said, I think those three games are, are the most important games of the season. You know, Dallas plays mm-hmm. San Fran. Or Dallas and Eagles play each other twice, but the Dallas Eagles and then Dallas and Eagles both play San Fran. Um, that those three series are going to be the biggest for determining who's home field and potentially gets to the Super Bowl this year. Um, so I think it's important just to hear the other side of it. Um, Chris, we really appreciate you coming on and discussing it with us. I think we'll definitely, um, in a week five, it was so I'm sure we'll have you on around week five. Um, is there mm-hmm. anything, any other uh, podcast you do that you want to you want to get out there uh, for people? That's to a go funny question. <laughs> That's a funny <laughs> question. It's almost like my full time job now. Um, <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm the with respect to one of the co-hosts of this show, um, I'm going to say um, I co-host um, a Phillies podcast called Ring the Bell. Uh, you guys can check that out. Usually we record Sunday nights and we post Mondays, but this past weekend was tough. But we are recording uh, Wednesday, uh, getting that up to you. Um, I also am the host of the Hot Tag Wrestling Podcast. I've been doing that every week for about three and a half years now. Uh, you guys can check us out there at the Hot Tag Podcast on Instagram. Uh, and then beginning, uh, I believe, the week after the Stanley Cup, I will be uh, returning to um, – my hockey duties, uh, hosting face off with Chris looking forward to that. Um, excited uh, to bring that back. That's something that, you know, I'm, um, my notoriety in sports media comes from hockey. I, uh, you know, I worked for the NHL for 13 years. So, um, covered the game for a long time. I love the sport and I'm excited to talk about it. I have a lot of friends in the business that are going to be joining me and having a lot of fun there. Um, so again, the year starts right I'm either going to do a, a quick show to predict, uh, do some preview and prediction for the Stanley Cup finals, or I'm going to start the week following um, the Stanley Cup uh, ending. But other than that, I'm all over the place. So check me out, any of those three podcasts. And now I am I did this one. Uh, so <laughs> excited to come on again. Um, but yeah, just look me up at ChristyFan3 on Instagram and Twitter. Um, I'm family friendly, I promise. None of my podcasts. I don't really say bad words or do bad things. That's I leave that up to Jason. Um, <laughs> but other than that, uh, all is good. Um, and I really appreciate you guys uh, giving me this platform to to you know chat it up about football. Man, it's exciting. 
no we we really appreciate you um we, yeah we really appreciate you getting on the show this week with us mm-hmm. um any any final thoughts today aaron yeah no it's just uh chris appreciate you for uh hopping on the channel and uh, in, in many ways you're you're both of our mentors and okay. um mm-hmm. And uh, I do listen to those other shows that that you shared off. Mm-hmm. So uh, to those of you listening, if you're a wrestling fan, you, you got to check out Hot Tag. And um, uh, if you're not a Phillies fan, you can go on there for pure comedy um, <laughs> to, to laugh at Jason and Chris and and their sobbing uh, stories for, you know, if you just like Dance. Philadelphia, really like Philadelphia <laughs> fans uh, being sour. Yeah, wait till this week. Yeah, I'm just going to weep on the air for 40 minutes. <laughs> uh, well, but no, I appreciate that, Aaron. That means a lot, you know, for me to be called a mentor to anybody. I want people to reevaluate their values at that point. But uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. I I, uh, I do my best. This is a lifelong passion of mine. I've been podcasting since before even anybody even knew it was a thing. Um, so I, I, I enjoy what I do. I have my passions. I'm I'm grateful to have a wife who. I'm going to use a funny word allows me to do these things <laughs> on a, on a, on a basically a nightly basis at this point. Um, so yeah, I really appreciate it. you guys do a, a tremendous job. I mean, you guys are awesome. Uh, you guys are in a really good niche market. Um, you guys cover the most popular football team in the world, man. And you do a great job with it. I'm really excited. Um, I always say this to Jason guys. I know I'm going long here. I apologize. I, um, I know, you know, Jason and I said this when we were talking about spring training baseball. It's like, man, podcasts just get so much better when real games start. So I feel like you guys are really going to, you know, kick some major butt once, you know, week one comes around of the NFL season because that's when the true emotion comes out every single week. And that's uh, I think that's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm really looking forward to, to listening to you guys. I'm not a Cowboys fan the least. But I'm am an Aaron and I'm a Jason fan, and I'm looking forward to listening to Cowboys Takeover, um, you know, every single week over the next year. Yeah, if they start the season zero and four, it's going to be a rough first four episodes. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> love, I'm gonna download this podcast the second it comes out every single. It's going week. to be a tough. It's going to be a tough first four episodes. You are right. Once that real mm-hmm. game start, it's going to hit different. Um, and with it the great does, thing man. is. Not even uh not even sponsored, but YouTube TV's got the the ticket this year, people. Check it out. You can see all your games, mm-hmm. any game you want. Um, but again, yeah, we, we really mm-hmm. appreciate you uh coming on this week and just sharing some knowledge for San Fran. Uh, we're excited for that matchup week five. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is your episode. We we really appreciate you guys uh for giving us a listen. Again, give us um go, you know, we go follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, we have our Facebook page. Um, give us a like, give us a rate, give us a follow. Um, any, any commentary you give helps us just know what we need to get good at, what you guys like to listen to, uh, and just how we can improve the show. So we appreciate you fans for listening and, uh, you guys are, um, we're much appreciated. Thank you and have a great rest of your week.